0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the
1: leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Dad, I'm
0: broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. My own bank account from ST Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible? I'm dad. Visit stbank.com/smartstart for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner this episode is powered by pod Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand
1: Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. I am your host, Larry Lees. Today on Murder Monday, we dive into a shocking murder of 8-year-old Maddie Clifton. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Potdex, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out today at potdex.com and use the promo code larry 21 for 10% off your order. And now, without further ado, let's dive into today's topic. Eight-year-old Maddie Clifton was a girl with a sweet smile and eyes full of life. She went missing one day while playing in the backyard. A frantic 911 call from her distressed mother to the police, the whole town in chaos, the entire nation praying for the girl's safe return. It was the evening of november third, nineteen ninety-eight. Typical day for the Clifton family, in times when children were allowed to play in their backyards unattended without any fear. Maggie's mother, Sheila Clifton, called 911 and reported her daughter missing. People went on rallies to find the little girl who disappeared as if she had never existed little did they know they would encounter the most disturbing a case ever to exist on june 17th 1990 maddie clifton was born in jacksonville florida where she lived with her parents and grandmother on the day of, of the disappearance she went to the backyard to play with other community children like any other day while her parents were out at work they had no idea their world would crash down in moments That evening, when Sheila, Maddie's mother, got back from work, she found out that her daughter was missing. It was very unusual, as it had never happened before. The last house Maddie went to was her 14-year-old friend and neighbor, Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips. But no one knew where she went from there. Joshua and Maddie had been friends for a long time. When Maddie went missing, Joshua seemed to be deeply disturbed by the news and offered to help in any way he could. People went out to look for the little girl and when the police could not gather enough evidence, the FBI got involved. That did not help much either. Maddie's parents were desperate to find their daughter, so they announced a reward of $50,000 for whoever could give any details of Maddie's whereabouts. The reward was eventually raised to 100000 when there was no positive response. Days turned into a whole week, but there was still no sign of the girl. While the whole town was in mourning, the police were also camping outside the Clifton house just in case they found something so they could further work on solving the mystery. police found their first suspect, a 45-year-old neighbor of the Clifton family. His name was Larry Grisham, and he came under suspicion, as he had already been under the allegation and charges of an assault. The Florida Times reunion reported reported him saying, quote, "...I'm a prime suspect." I'm 45 years old i play with children and i have a criminal record that makes me a suspect even after taking a failed polygraph test he was released from the charges because of a strong alibi and the police were back to ground zero with the investigation the little boy joshua also spent more time with clifton and helped the police with the investigation by cooperating in the interviews joshua was the son of steve phillips and melissa phillips and they had moved to the neighborhood in the early 90s from pennsylvania Six days had passed, but there were no outcome to any of the whole neighborhood police efforts in the case. Almost a week after the disappearance, something unexpected and disturbing happened. While Sheila Clifton was giving an interview about her daughter's case, Melissa Phillips was at home cleaning her house on any regular day. She noticed a red spot on the floor, which eventually led to her son's bedroom. When she searched a bit, she found out that her son had been part of something rather monstrous she could not believe what she was saying she frantically ran out of the house to look for help and talk to the police who were present out of the clifton house that moment she knew none of their lives would be the same again under the bed of the 14 year old joshua was the dead body of poor maddie everyone in the neighborhood went in a shock because they had never anticipated something like this even in the wildest of their dreams the body was stacked under the waterbed of the boy and had been lying there lifeless for six days. The feet were taped to the floor and the head was smashed with something hard. This was not it. Manny's throat was slashed open, and she was stabbed many times in the chest with a knife. In the same room, during a thorough investigation after the encounter, the police found a baseball bat and a kitchen knife used to commit the horrible act. Joshua was arrested immediately, but the details were yet to be revealed. The autopsy revealed that Manny had been hit in the head two to three times while she was stabbed in the chest with a knife seven times. Some sources also claimed that the stabs were up to eleven times, if not more. Her throat was slashed open and the shorts she was wearing the day of her disappearance were gone, although there were no signs of assault. During the trial, Joshua confessed that he and Manny were playing baseball that day while her parents were not at home. He also said that he was not allowed to have friends. Over to the house without the supervision of his parents as they were playing he accidentally hit maddie with a baseball in the eye she started to bleed and cry badly so joshua took her inside to calm her down as he failed to do so he was afraid that his father might come back home and be furious if he came to know that he had brought her in without his father's permission he further claimed that when he could not stop her from crying out of fear and panic he hit her in the head with a baseball bat three times and dragged her body to the room which might have caused the shorts to come off He further added that he stashed her body under his waterbed, but she was still moaning out of pain when his father arrived. He then took a knife, stabbed her seven times, and slashed her throat open so that she would not shout. The irony here is that she was alive all that time when people were out looking for her, and maybe she could have been saved. Joshua had told the truth in time, and didn't do such a hideous thing to hide his crime. While Joshua told everything to the court, no one believed him entirely as his one statement contradicted the other. He claimed that Maddie's shorts came off when he was dragging her body from the ground to his room. It could not have been confirmed as there was no sign of dirt on Maddie's body. Also, there was no sign of them playing baseball or Maddie being hit in the eye with a ball. And all his confessions seemed to be well reversed and fabricated. The other possible conclusion seemed to be an assault, but nothing like that was revealed in the autopsy. But the police found something more disturbing during the extensive search of the room after his confessions. The room was stacked with air fresheners which Joshua probably used to cover up the smell of Maddie's decomposing body. As he claimed that he piled the body under the water bed as soon as he hit her, that led to the conclusion that he had been sleeping on the same bed for six days. Joshua's mother also said that she never found anything unusual in those days and had no idea what had happened. Even when Maddie went missing, the police interrogated Joshua in his room while he was sitting on the same bed, and no one had imagined what was about to open up in a few days. While going through Joshua's belongings, the police found a picture of Maddie's elder sister, 11-year-old Jessie. They also found a history of him watching adult videos on his computer. The disturbing fact here is that the videos were all about underage girls being tortured. Was Joshua telling the truth, or was it all pre-planned? This remains an unanswered question of date. If it was preplanned or not, poor Maddie fell prey to a monster disguised as a friend. Despite being underage, Joshua was tried as an adult and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. His psychologist later claimed that he was perfectly normal and had a hard childhood, as his father was abusive towards him and his mother. Nevertheless, the psychologist added that Joshua would never do anything like that again if he were released from prison another hearing of the case for resentencing joshua was held in 2017. he was crying during the trial but judge wonal wallace resentenced him for life in prison the case would be reopened in 2023 for another hearing after 25 years of his crime for the third time depending on his behavior and rehabilitation status let us know your comments in the comment section below Uh, Let us know your thoughts on Twitter, at TrueCrimeNS, Facebook, or Instagram. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN. Or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps.